So not too long ago, I held this workshop at WPPI where I gave my top 30 creative strategies to get photography clients as fast as possible without paid ads. And it killed it. It sold out. It was incredible. I've been sitting on it for a little while and I've decided to bring it back, to bring it back and to give it directly to you. You don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to pay anything either. I just want to help you grow your business each day for three days. I'm going to share with you 10 ultra unique creative ways to attract dream clients to your photography business without spending a bunch of money. I'm calling this thing the three day client blitz and it is pure gold for three days. I'm going to give you so many creative ideas to get clients in your business right now. Just go to sixfigurephotography.com forward slash blitz six S I X six figure photography.com forward slash blitz b l i t z i can't wait to give you some incredible ideas you're listening to the six figure photography podcast with ben hartley where we help you grow your business by winning more bookings, maximizing your profits, and breaking through limiting beliefs. If you'd like to get early access months in advance to future episodes of the podcast, and then to actually see visual references of whatever we're talking about here on air, you can head over to benhartley.com forward slash mastermind, benhartley.com forward slash mastermind. You can join over 18,000 other photographers there in that group. Today, we have with us Elena S. Blair. She's coming back on the podcast. She was actually uh, with me a couple of years ago, episode 90 of the podcast, where we, where we spoke about giving yourself permission to succeed. Make sure you go back and take a look at that episode if you are inspired by what Elena has to share with us today. Elena is a self-proclaimed mom with a camera, and we're going to talk about this. <laughs> She's a single mama who turned her photography hobby into a multiple six-figure family photography business, and she's going to teach you how to do it. Elena S. Blair, welcome back to the show. Thank you. So good to see you. It's been a, it's been a while. Yeah, it really has. This whole pandemic <laughs> yeah. kind of really threw a dice into things. It sure did. That's not even a saying, by the way. Threw a dice into things. <laughs> it is now. It is now, Ben. I think. <laughs> I think I'm trying it to is think now. what I was even going for there. Oh, <laughs> mercy. Wrench, maybe. A wrench. Hey. <laughs> You said, yeah. I love how you gave me the answer. And then you're like, but okay. I don't know. <laughs> okay. It's okay. Elena, I started off by introducing you as a mom with a camera. And I want to stop right there because that is a, it's almost like a photography. That's it, a photography insult in a lot of ways. Right. And yeah. I, I feel like I should, I should really emphasize that I want to pause there and address that. And I love that you have taken that idea and you've carried it as your flag with you and you're now using it to empower other moms with cameras into actually yes. creating more for themselves. Is that accurate? That is 100% accurate. Yeah, it's absolutely been thrown around in our industry as a put down to mm. women who, um, teach themselves how to be photographers because they had children. Mm. And, um, you know, over the years I have, uh, I went into this a long time ago. I felt like we're getting, we're getting to be the older ones in the community. <laughs> We've been into the, in the business for 10 years or so. It's a long time. And in those times we were, 
um, those of us that taught ourselves because we were taking photos of our children, we were considered less of professionals. We were considered to be undercutting the industry because, oh, any mom with camera can come in and take our clients. And I believe that that's all a bunch of BS. And I think that it's actually, you know, it can be the ticket to freedom, financial freedom, creative freedom, um, all kinds of things for women. And it should not be something that is a put down. It should be something that's celebrated. And who is not, who, who isn't better suited to be a family photographer than a a woman who learned how to be a family photographer because of her children. So it's, it's, I wear it as a badge of honor and, um, I feel like I stand up for that. I represent a lot of women in our industry. I get to do, you know, big things because, I speak, I mean, I speak at conferences and I stand up and say that at the beginning, like, I just like, yep, I'm here in front of 500 people and I'm a mom with a camera. And it's, mm. if I can do it, you can do it. I love that. And that's um, what we're going to talk more about thing. today is just like this idea of wanting more, uh, mm-hmm. for the photographers who are listening, who are, uh, maybe you are that mom with the camera. Maybe you are just a hobbyist and you're trying to consider, man, how can I, <laughs> am I ready? Am I ready to start charging? Am I ready to go full-time with this? And there's this, yeah. maybe this deep down like desire for more and yet a removal of permission, a feeling like we don't have, maybe they don't have permission to take that next step. This is what we're going to talk about today. I yeah. want to go back to when you were in that situation, when yeah. uh, it was just a hobby for you. So you Absolutely. said that was about... 10 years ago. Is that accurate? So no, that was, that was, it was a hobby for me. My son actually, today is his birthday. He's, he's 14. Wow. And, um, when he was born, um, I thought that I was young, I was like 24. So I thought at that time that maybe I would want to be a stay at home mom. And I had this baby and he was very intense. And, um, I was working at as a registered nurse full time, my ex-husband was in law school. And I, I remember thinking like, when he's done with law school, I'll be able to be a stay at home mom. Well, I had this baby and quickly realized, oh my gosh, like this is not going to be for me. And there was a lot of guilt there. There was a lot of shame and a lot of guilt, a lot of confusion, um, where, why didn't I, why wasn't this going to be enough for me? And, um, in that, try, try, you know, that like loss of identity. You know, we go through those things. I think we, we reinvent ourselves many times in our lives. It's not, there's never a time to stop doing that. I believe there's always an invitation for that. But in that like loss of identity, I picked up a camera, a point and shoot and started taking pictures of this baby that I had, who is in my opinion, a beautiful baby, but also very intense. And I was able to capture who he is as a person. Um, when he was that little, that little human that was, you know, making me crazy. And, um, I became addicted to it and it it sort of gave me this outlet, you know, that I didn't know that I needed this, like I, this, this piece of this creative outlet that I didn't know I needed. And it kind of all catapulted. It went from there. So that was in, he was born 14 years ago. I opened the business uh, two years after that. So I did it for a couple of years as a hobby. And at that time it was very much like, what am I doing? I have this other full-time job. Like this seems absolutely crazy. Why would I want to make a business out of something that I have no formal training in? like uh, lots of imposter syndrome stuff, Mm. you know, coming in there and then stepping into an industry that really didn't have a place for me. You know, it was kind of like, well, you're not photographing weddings. You're not photographing, doing commercial photography. You taught yourself in on your child. Like how dare you, you know, take our business. I had, I was feeling a lot of that. I feel like there's much, there's much more of a place for us now. It's been a Mm. decade. So things are, have gotten much more open and better, but yeah. So I decided, well, I'm going to create a place for myself then (laughs) I'm going to, I'm going to stand on on this soapbox and I'm going to be proud and I'm going to help other women who want to do this feel proud too. Mm. I love that. Um, Mm. So 
when you first started actually moving this out of the hobby phase into becoming a, a, an actual business, um, yeah. for many, uh, I've recognized that it seemed to have been happenstance. Like you're taking some pictures, you post them up and then someone reaches out. This is how it happened for me. Someone yeah. reached out and they're like, Hey, will you photograph my family? You, will you photograph my wedding or whatever it is? Um, is that how it happened for you or, or was it much more of a deliberate, like, no, I'm going to make a business out of this. Uh, doors are open. No, it was definitely, you are absolutely right. It was definitely happenstance, which I actually don't believe any, anything happens on accident. So <laughs> I think it's like, you know, whatever your source is, universe, God, I don't know some, you know, it's something like giving you a sign, but mm. yes, I was doing. So again, like I said, I was sort of feeling like lost and, um, I started sharing photos of him on this blog, this mom blog. We weren't living where our family was at the time because my um, ex-husband was in law school. And so we were away from family and friends. And so I started this blog to share photos of him. And um, and then later my, my next child and uh, people started paying attention. And just exactly like you said, and I, people would say, Hey, you have this really, this nice camera. Cause I had upgraded um, at that point. And they're like, you should, Hey, can you come take pictures of my kid? Can you come do this or whatever? And I remember thinking, I should charge like 50 bucks a time just, you know, or whatever. <laughs> so just not enough, obviously, but thinking like I could make some money doing this and then maybe I can buy that new lens that I want. It wasn't even that I was like thinking this could replace my, my income that I already had. Cause we were a two income family for sure. Like it was not, you know, I, this, it was, I, if I was going to do it full time, it was going to have to replace the income. But that wasn't what I was thinking at the time. I was just like, oh, I could make a little extra cash and yes. And then when it, people started to appreciate the photos I was taking of them, it, that it, you're absolutely right. I was like, Oh, I could make this into a business. Like this mm. could be more. So yes, it was happenstance for sure. So as you've I went with it, I love it. As you've grown this yeah. career, um, you, it feels like uh, what I make up is it seems like you didn't listen to what everybody else was saying. And this is what I'm making up. But as I look from an outsider in, I'm seeing that. So family photography only, you were saying that you were back in the, back then it was like weddings, commercial, like there was a ton of support studio. there. Studio it work. Studio. If you were a family photographer in, you know, back in, uh, 2008 or nine, you know, you, um, had a studio most likely. I'm, by the way, I'm these, I'm sweeping generalizations when I make these, you know, these facts, this was what it felt like to me, but yeah, it was my, and I actually, again, like you said, happenstance, I feel like that's how I've was, um, I think success is a lot of hard work that is at the right time and a little bit of luck. Right. And when I started my, my, um, lifestyle family photography business, that wasn't even a name for it. Like nobody called it lifestyle. They were telling me that I was like a candid family photographer. Um, and so I got in it at a time where a lot of people weren't doing it the way that I was doing it. And so I was able to sort of stand out a bit because of that. Yeah. And, and certainly like, even as we're talking about this, it's like the ones maybe that that were being taken seriously studio, like you said, IPS in-person sales model. I know that's not something that you do. Um, it really kind of like championing this idea of like, uh, like I'm a mom with a camera and so as you were, as you were kind of going against the grain here over the last few years, um, do you mind sharing some of the whether internal opposition that you felt or mm-hmm. even directly like, uh, received, uh, and what you yeah. kind of had to push through? Um, <laughs> so I, a lot of things, you're absolutely right. The way that I do things is very much the way that I want. It's not, um, I, it's, it's not 
standard. Um, the way that I teach is really, uh, also like that. Like when I, when I spoke on creative, when I taught on creative live, you know, that puts you in front of lots and lots of people. I remember speaking to my producer before and saying like, I'm going to get a lot of comments. There's going to be a lot of people on here that are saying like, how, how is she, how dare she say that, it, that you don't need a flash? How dare she say that you don't need, um, you know, all of this fancy camera equipment? Like, is she really going to tell her students that she pushes her ISO to 2000 and that calls it good? You know, I'm like, yep, I'm going to, I'm going to do that. I'm going to stand up and I'm going to just go ahead and say that this is how I do it. And it works. And I have made it into this really big business. And, um, so just, just even that, like, I'm willing to like break rules, do things my way, simplify things. Um, and that, I'll give you an example of pushback that I've got one time. I, we have a really large local, um, Facebook group, uh, photographers, Facebook group. And mm-hmm. as you guys know, this, I'm sure this Facebook group is lovely because Ben is amazing. And but <laughs> I just kick everybody out. Who's an asshole. It's <laughs> like, if a you're Facebook a jerk group. in my group, you're gone. <laughs> Same. We have a Facebook group my, for my education. And I have a, 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 a community manager who, if, if you're mean, you're out. Like it's not, but, but some Facebook groups can be a scary, scary place. And, um, so I have this local Facebook group and back Early on, like in probably 2010, I um, went on there and I said, hey, are, are this person, um, a guy, it was, it's usually guys that give me pushback. He shared a photo of a location. and I was like, hey, would you mind sharing that location? Um, I have a client asking for something similar and I'd really love to go there. He sends me a direct message and says, if you can tell me what the function of the mirror behind the, like this really weird, like technical question about my, how to use my camera. So if you can tell me what that is, then I'll know you're a professional photographer Mm -hmm. and you can, um, and I'll give you that location. And I was like, are you kidding me right now? Is this really what it's like out here in this industry? Cause I was pretty new and I was, and I, and I felt a lot of shame. I was like, I don't know what that thing is, but I do know that I'm damn good at taking photos of the people that I'm taking photos of. But I had like, it, it hurt, you know, it hurt my feelings. And I was like, maybe I'm not legitimate. I started to kind of second guess things. And then I, after I was like, screw that. I don't need to be in this group. These people are obviously not my people. This guy is obviously not going to be my friend. And I don't care. I'm going to do it how I want to do it. I'm going to be laid back about everything and make a name for myself and stand up for those of us who believe that that's okay. So that's one example. So yeah. I did, I've definitely got, you know, had, had that kind of stuff happen or I'll have, I'll go walk through a, a photography conference until I say that I'm one of the speakers or until I say that I've worked with creative live or, you know, whatever the people don't take me seriously when they hear that I'm a family photographer. They just, it's, it's an interesting thing. Yeah. It's an interesting thing, but I'm, I'm here still on this soapbox to stand up for us. <laughs> so. And so I imagine um, that when you go to um, work with other photographers and when you're, maybe you're connecting with someone who's at a conference that you've met or someone who's in your group and in your community, mm-hmm. um, maybe they're, maybe they're receiving a similar pushback. Um, but I imagine that for many of them, there's like this internal uh, wrestling match that it sounds like you can relate with early on of mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. being a a parent being a mom and then wanting more and wrestling with the guilt that came with that. Did did I hear you say that correctly? That there was a lot of guilt that came with like being a mom and then also wanting something else. Oh my goodness. I mean, I, I've, I write about this a lot in my messaging because I think it's something that needs to be talked about more. It's like, how dare we as women want more? 
than being a mother. And I, by the way, I was like a big time attachment parent. I nursed my kids into toddlerhood. I love my kids. I love spending time with them. I love, I respect them. I just think they're like these amazing little creatures, but that's not enough for me being home and, you know, doing the house stuff and taking care of kids all day. It, that's not where my identity lies. And I actually know that for me, to be a better mother, um, is to show them a life of passion and uh, purpose and that that doesn't have to just be. And for, and it's, by the way, if you're listening and you're like, I love being a mom, that's all I want. Great. You should definitely do that. Mm -hmm. But I think that if you feel called to do more and you want something for yourself and you, or or you want to contribute financially to your family, because there's, there's a weird guilt with that for some women as well go for it. Like you should do it. You can really create this abundant life for your family. If if not just for yourself and it's going to, you know, it's going to have so much more impact on those children. And there's a ton of guilt. And it was a very confusing thing for me because I, until I had kids, I didn't know that that wasn't going to be enough. Mm. I didn't like, I have three, I have four now. I have a, I have a stepdaughter. So I mean, we have a lot of kids. I love having kids, but I just also needed something else. Yeah. I think for many people, there's, there's that initial, the guilt is, is framed up in such a way that it's even holding them back from the idea of even pursuing it. And for many that, that then step up to the plate and say, no, Elena, I I agree. I want to do it. But now there's this limitation of like, but how, how Um, like the time and the demand, do you mind sharing how you solved some of those problems and maybe how you've seen other people who've been in your shoes solve them as well? Yeah. So I have a group coaching program and I feel like a lot of my, my students are in a similar boat. And one thing, one like simple thing that I tell them and that I feel like I was, I did too, is I say, you have to take this seriously. If, and if you want to remain a hobbyist and take photo, beautiful photos of your child, children, that's a, that's important to do that. You don't have to start a business, but if you feel like you want to start a business and you want to make this into something that is profitable and you want to make this into something that um, you're recognized for, like, it's okay to want recognition. It's okay to want to like, you know, whatever that looks like for you. Um, you have to take it seriously. And I make a very general statement when I make these man, women statements as obviously I know that not all men are like this and not all women are like this. So please never hold me to these, um, you know, absolutes, but in general, men don't have a hard time putting their careers first or prioritizing their careers. So like, um, most men or would, if you were a CEO of a company, like I'm a CEO of my company, you're the CEO of yours, you know, we don't, photographers, you're a CEO. You wouldn't say if you were a man, like, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and just work on my business during nap time. And when the kids go to bed, (laughs) maybe during COVID, some of the men were doing that, but (laughs) generally speaking, they wouldn't, they would get childcare. They would have the support that they need to actually make it into something that's, that's legitimate. That's serious. And so that's one thing that I try to empower women for. I'm like, if you want this, you got to take it seriously. You deserve to have help around the house so that you can make the time and put in the effort that it's going to require to turn this into something amazing. And I'm like, if I was able to do it, trust me, you can do it too. It can be extremely profitable to be a photographer. That's profitable is super fulfilling too, because you get to do what you love, but you've got to take yourself seriously. And, and you have to demand that you have to command that from the people in your life by saying, this is real. I know I can make this into a business. I know that this is going to be something that's going to be meaningful. I need the respect and time to do that. 
Mm. That last part I think is, is, um, is really important. The like, I think many people who might be listening to this be like, well, I am taking it seriously. And I yeah. feel like there's maybe conversations that need to be had or like, uh, like a stake in the ground that needs to be nailed. Mm-hmm. Like something needs to be committed and spoken. There's probably hard ch- uh, conversations that need to be um, discussed. Um, mm-hmm. Do you mind unpacking even that a little bit more? Because I think a lot of us, again, like we have this idea of like, yeah, but Elaine, I am taking it seriously. Like, you know, yeah. we, we feel all these things, but like, there's, there's the next level of commitment. And I'm curious if we could talk a little bit more about what those next levels may be of like the actual execution of taking it seriously. Yeah, it's a great question. So, um, (laughs) a lot of it ends up if we're talking about the mom, that's, you know, if if that's what we're talking about, that has this learned because she has children, or even if it's actually a lot of photographers start for something personal, whether it is, maybe, maybe you're a man listening right now and you started because you were into, you know, nature photography or taking pictures of your travel. And all of a sudden you realize like, Whoa, I'm really good at this. I could turn this into something profitable. I could make it into a business. Um, it's, it's, I, I think that there's, there has to be that it has to be something that happens inside first that you're like, okay, I'm going to call myself a photographer. Mm. I'm not going to say that I'm the other profession that I already have or the other uh, mom or whatever. Like, I'm, yeah, I'm a photographer. That's something that, so that's a big part of it. And then the next part is actually carving out time. Like I think designated time to work on the business part of it, because usually when people go, usually, usually when people are ready to step into the business side, they have the skill part under control mostly. And so now it's like, okay, I'm all of a sudden going to be a graphic designer and a web designer and a, and my own personal assistant and a marketing director and all of that stuff. So you have to take the time to learn the business aspects of photography, Hmm. which is, you know, a lot, (laughs) but you got it. You have to invest in that, which those of you that are listening here, you're investing in that. That's why you're in this mastermind. You want to, you want more, you want to know that. But, um, I, I don't know if I answered your question, but I think that that's, you have to like start really taking that, like taking that, that, um, taking up that space in your life to learn those things and, and implement it. Well, I love what you said. It is making sense. I love what you said about, um, starting with what you call yourself. I think a lot of things start with our language and the way that Mm -hmm. we use it. There was this great TikTok that I saw, um, of maybe it was a real, I don't know, but of, of a guy. And I wish I could tell you who he was. I'm not sure. But he was, um, he kind of had his little soapbox and he said, hey, next time you're at a family reunion and someone says, what do you do? All you need to say is, I'm an artist. You don't need to say, oh yeah, I kind of like dabble with paintings or you don't need to like speak down to yourself. You don't need to say, well, I, you know, I take care of the kids, but then I also do like a little photography on the side. He was like, just say, I am an artist. Yeah. Everyone here, you should just say that right now. If you're like watching this, like say it out loud. And that the, the artist part, this is something that I speak to my students all the time. I say, you're an artist. Like, mm. you, and not everyone sees the world the way that you do. We, we are light painters. We have this thing, this tool that we use to show other people how we see the world. And you probably think that everyone's a photographer because that's what, when, it's almost like, you know, when you know, when you want like a certain type of car and Audi, all of a sudden, all you see is Audis on the road, right? You're like paying attention to it. So now that you're a budding photographer, or maybe you've been at this a while, maybe you've been at this 20 years and you're still just now starting to take it seriously. You're like, Oh, everyone in the world is a photographer. Well, that's because you're out there looking for it. And the mm-hmm. algorithms are feeding you that 
they're not. You see the world differently. You are an artist. You have a gift and that needs to be shared. The more people who share their creative gifts with the world, the better the world is. The more the better. Abundance is like a real thing. So I, I love that. Yeah. I'm an artist. Try that. See how that feels. <laughs> I love it. Um, you know, speaking from observation, not personal experience, but speaking from the observation of, of having three kids, being a father of three kids and just observing, um, what that's been like for myself, but for my wife in particular, who is at home with those three, um, the community side of things is something that is so critical towards um, continuing to develop our craft and our mindset and, and, and the encouragement, um, especially when you have the, uh, it's just the, the, the continual and constant um, energy drain that is being a parent, right? Like if we're yes. talking about that, that parenting kind of person right now, um, I'm curious if you have any, um, advice or ideas on finding community when you're currently still in that stage where like to just go out and like hang out with the other photographers in the city, like, and do the meetups, like maybe that's not as readily available right now of, of like finding that support and finding that community. Yeah. Um, it's so, it's important. And I remember like that experience that I told you that I had to it took me a while to find my community because there were not everyone was super accepting. It can be a photographers. And actually you just posted a reel the other day and I shared it and I loved it. You're like, Hey guys, just so you know, we actually are supporting each other and you can find the people who are. And my, anytime you get into a group and they're not leave that group, it's not, you don't need it. There's a, there are communities out there that are supportive, but and I would say that the best way to find community that's supportive is, you know, if you're following somebody like yourself or me that you, that resonates with you on you know, wherever it is that you like to consume your content, if they have a community, go check that out. Because if you like the leader of the community, it's likely that it's going to be a really positive place. It's going to be a good, a good, um, a good place. I also, I think it's really valuable to pay for coaching communities too. Um, I've been a student before in, in that kind of environment. And it's just like, I mean, the growth that happens in those communities is, is massive and everybody's really receptive and they're in there. Everyone's in there trying to help each other. Um, online forums can be really great as well. I mean, uh, it's called click community now, but I wasn't, that was one that was really welcoming to me when I first started, um, back in 2008 or whatever. Um, so I think starting online, is really a a good place to start. And then the next thing that I always, I found was like really, really helpful for me was conferences. I started going to conferences pretty early, probably before I was, you know, legitimate enough to be accepted. And I just like kind of jumped in and it was awesome to see this world out there of like, cause I didn't know that it existed. I was a nurse. I had, I have a, a family that's like all about, you know, big, fancy degrees and college education. And I didn't know that there was this creative community out there that was killing it. And when Mm -hmm. I went to my first conference, it was like so expansive for me, you know, I was like, Oh my gosh, look at this community of people that are making money doing this and like inspiring others and doing really cool things. And so I think that the in-person factor of conferences is really valuable too. 
Yeah, absolutely. And th- th- those are things that I've noticed you can kind of create the support for around those. Maybe like a, a, mm-hmm. a small weekly meetup or something. It's like this, oh man, it kind of chips away each week and to try to line that yeah. up. But to try to line up in advance, hey, WPPI is happening. It's going to be in a month. I can find uh, support. I can find childcare. I can find whatever I need yeah. in order to get there. And to have like, to have this dedicated space that's almost like your little like oasis. It's like a, it's yeah. a, day night full sleep like you're just con- entirely consumed with what it is that that you're about it can be so empowering I always say it's like sleepaway camp for photographers when we go to conferences <laughs> and I mean you and I have been together at a couple conferences and I think it's fun because it, it, it is it's like you I, I I never can tell you what I learn when I go to a conference like I come home and I'm not like I think you go expecting to learn like a sales tactic or you know something and you do learn that stuff but I can never like put my finger on what it is that I learned but I always come home and do something big hmm. change something change pricing change my website change my direction I don't know or like make an, a connection where I'm like now working with these other people on this other thing it's so valuable. There's something about it. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to go back real quick too, because you had mentioned communities, you mentioned online communities, masterminds, groups, that kind Mm -hmm. of thing. And then you did mention like, and it makes sense to pay for these things at times. It makes sense to maybe pay to be a part of a community or pay to be a part of a mastermind, pay to be a part of a program or a coaching. And I, I just wanted to tie this back to what you first started when, um, you, the, one of your first pieces of advice that you gave was you must start taking it seriously. You got to take it yeah. seriously. And one of the ways yeah. that I've discovered in my own life is like when I'm, when I'm committed to taking it seriously, I often vote with my wallet. Like that commitment, yep. yes, it's language. It's what I speak. But a lot of times it's like, where am I putting my dollars? And mm-hmm. I'm committed then. It's like, I, I actually start to take it seriously. Cause I'm like, well, shoot, yeah. I, I just gave this person a hundred yeah. bucks. I better <laughs> I get better some. Show up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I better show up. Um, mm-hmm. and anyhow, I just wanted to validate that. It's something that I've continued to do in my own career is yeah. work with coaches, hire mentors, be a part of programs, mm-hmm. uh, Same. take it seriously. Yes. And there's, there is a time when it, you can't do that. You know, there's at the very beginning, uh, when I was growing my business and maybe you were felt this way as well, you know, we, we were young and didn't have a lot of money. We were in debt up to our ears, like student loan debt up to our ears. We had a new mortgage, all the things. And at that time, I really couldn't have afforded the coaching that I pay for now. And luckily there's plenty of free, like you and I provide so many free resources, you know, so there's lots that you, to get you started, you'll know when it's time to put money into it. And I, I, you know, when it's time to pay for a course, um, or whatever. And the, the, you know, the amount that you can spend is, is vast. I, um, last year, in 2020, I spent the most money I've ever spent on coaching on myself. Um, it was a scary commitment. I have never grown more. And I don't know if it, I actually don't know if it's because I put that money in. So I was, by golly, I was going to work my ass off to make it worth that very large investment. But, um, it was, I, it was my life changing, changed yeah. my life. Yeah. And, um, I'm so glad I did it. And I, it just, I will always invest in myself now like, like that, you know, yeah. I'll always be part of, of something more. Yep. Absolutely. So. Uh, last it's same thing, 2020 hit. And I was like, all right, I'm, I'm either, I'm either going the other direction or I'm doubling down. It's like, I mean, <laughs> and, um, and my goodness. Yeah. Uh, putting, I mean, is it okay to talk about numbers? Can we, like, is that, is sure. that, but I mean, put, I, go ahead, please. 
I believe, I actually believe that money is just an energetic exchange. Like it's where we were raised to not talk about it. Yeah. Right. It's like money doesn't make you bad. It does not make you a bad person. Actually the people who are you know changing the world have, you need a little bit of money to do that. So it's a good thing. We can talk money. What did you spend on? Did you do a, were you a mastermind student? <laughs> no, I, um, so yeah. So being a part of a mastermind group and then there's private consulting as well. So kind of like two, two nice. forms of it. Um, and then of course I got all the other stuff, but just actual education directly with someone was a good mm-hmm. 50,000 of yeah, just 25,000 for me last yeah. year. Yeah. Yeah. I'm about to invest in something next year. That's going to be about 40. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I'll yeah. continue to, it's like, it's, it is, <laughs> yes. here's the thing. People always want the magic bullet. They're like, I want the magic mm-hmm. bullet. The, there is no magic bullet uh, except for find someone who has like, they have a life that you want. They've done the thing and then go and yeah. hire them to exactly. <laughs> just like go work with that person. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I tell, um, you know, on my, for students that invest in my coaching, I say, you know, uh, on my mastermind page, I say, you got, you want make sure that what I've done or where I've, where I've gone is where you want to go. Yeah. You have lots of options. Like you want, we have to, you got to like me, we got to get along. You got to want what I'm offering and it's okay if you don't, you know, and the same as, so as you're, if you're thinking about investing in any kind of higher level coaching, that's exactly what you just said is exactly right. You find people who've done what you want to do and you invest, you invest in yourself. You you, yeah. you learn from them. We all are standing on the shoulders of giants. You know, we all are learning from people who have done it before. That's okay. Yeah. We get to just do it our way. And these numbers, by the way, even as we're sharing these numbers, just to go back, like this is something that like, I would have never imagined that ever would be possible to do that. Right. Like this is a, it was definitely an exponential thing, but like even to just create the habit of like, I'm going to invest $50 this year into this, uh, into this mini course online. And then next year, 350 or a thousand courses, you know, there's classes out there that are all all over. Yep. And then to keep investing and to keep pouring into yourself. And then, and it is a bit of a habit that you have to create. And I noticed that when I did spend the $50 on the mini course that I seemed to have made not just that $50 back, but, but so much more. And then it gave me the courage and the confidence to invest more into myself and then to invest further into myself until again, 2020, I'm just like, all right, whatever, send it all. (laughs) Let's do it. I know. And it's scary when you do that too. You're like, you're like, what am I thinking? Like, is this crazy? You know? And it's, and I think that there's something about, um, you know, put it, it, I actually was talking to a friend of mine who, uh, is a very successful entrepreneur, not a photographer. And he said, those who are the most successful bet on themselves. Yes. And, um, and I, I, I and he said, you bet on yourself. And it's funny because back, we, uh, back in 2012, when I was, um, or when I guess when I, I'll, I can go a little bit further down the road back in 2014, when I decided to finally leave my nursing job and, and focus on photography, it was terrifying. I left benefits. I left something that was respected, you know, that was known that I had spent all this time, you know, becoming that nurse and like getting that recognition for the things that I would had done. Um, I didn't realize it at the time, but I was betting on myself. I was like, you know what? I think I can do this mm-hmm. and no one's going to help me, but no one's got it, got this, but me, I am my own safety net. And it was the best bet I ever made. I mean, I tripled 
the amount of money that I was able to make as a nurse, have all this creative freedom, schedule freedom, all these things. My, I, everything got better when I did that. And, um, it was a scary thing to do. And that was, that was a much, you know, that was an investment that I didn't even know was betting on myself. Now looking back, I realized that's what I was doing. Yeah. So I'm going to keep going back to it because I think it's so powerful, but betting on yourself starts with being willing to speak, uh, the, what we said earlier, I am a photographer. I am an artist. That's like the first bet on yourself without a caveat, without a, I dabble without a, well, I'm a stay home, but I do a little bit of this. It's like, you know, you're beginning to step into willing to bet on yourself when you can say that Mm. stand on two feet and with a straight face and just leave it, let the open air hang and wait for the response. Right. That's like the first bet. I'm, I'm curious that we, you know, while we're talking money here, um, at some point you've got to start charging. We've been kind of yeah. addressing this as maybe this idea of like being a hobbyist or mo- moving from entering into this and actually becoming a business. And in order to invest into yourself, you, you need to be charging for your work. And that's part of taking mm. it seriously, but that's often comes with great resistance, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's often met with great resistance. Like, okay, okay, great. Elena, I, I'm an artist. I get it. I can say that, <laughs> but now um, you want me to pay, like, you want me to charge people <laughs> yeah. Yeah. like for yeah, I'm supposed to take money for this. Like, yeah. How is that possible? Yeah. And it's, and what we're doing is so personal too. I think that, um, uh, I, you know, God, I could go, this is a whole other tangent that I could go on where when, if, when we take clients, we forget that what we're creating is still for us. Um, I think that, and that's actually, there's usually a little, the, if I could draw a map of the artist's journey or the photographer's journey, first, you're doing it for something personal and creative, then you start to take money. And so then you actually change how you do it because you start doing it in that way because you think you have to, to make money. But anyways, my, I, like I said, I was, I won't go down that path of like realizing though, that it's, this is very personal. So it feels weird to take money for something like that. You're like, can I really take money for something that I'm creating? Like, how is that possible? And it's just, we live in a society of starving artists and all those things, you know, but the truth is you can, there's never going to be a day where you're like, I'm good enough. I check all the boxes <laughs> yeah. and I'm worth it. I'll have students asking that. Do you think I'm worth it? I'm like, well, I, I don't know. Do you, are you worth it? You get to decide. Yes. And the truth is that like, you know, you, I charge $1,200 for a family session. Now I really probably shouldn't have or couldn't have charged that 15 years ago or 10 years ago or 14 years ago, whatever. I was still developing my skills. I was still getting the, you know, experience to be at that place. Like, but that, that, that's normal. It's normal to start lower and you're not, it's okay. That's okay to be at a lower price at the beginning um, because there's a client for everybody. And when you, as you climb, you'll, there's some clients will come with you. Some won't, you'll go in, you'll give those, lower price clients to the newer photographer that is charging that it's abundant. There's, there's business for everybody. So the point is, is you got to just jump. You have to just start charging. And, um, there's so many ways to look at pricing. I mean, we can, and what you should charge and all of that, but you do have to, you just have to do it. There's not a good, like, there's not a black and white, like this is the day you start charging time. Yeah. And that's all I wanted to get to today. Uh, I, I think yeah, uh, you're yeah. right. Cause now we could go into like, Oh, so you're going to want to know your cost of doing, but I mean, we could yes, do I all know, of you that, and I could go into that for, but let's for not, yeah. <laughs> no, let's not, let's yeah. just give people permission, 
that yeah. that your work is worth something and that your time is worth something and that the time that the you're time. spending um for yourself and for your family and for your kids like that's worth something um yep and to take I always seriously. I say you have to remember that you aren't getting paid for your time you're getting paid for your talent <sighs> and when I tell a new photographer that they're like I'm not, but they're still not saying they're a photographer. They're still not saying they're an artist. They're like talent, what talent? Like I'm still learning this. It's like, no, not everyone sees the world like you do. Not everyone has your creative gifts. You have to believe that and know it. And you are not getting paid for your time, which you are. You have, I mean, yes. When it, like you said, if we were going to break down costs of doing business and all that, yes, you are. But, but the person who's hiring you is paying you for your talent and you're worth it. Whatever you want to say that you're worth, you're worth. Love it. Helena, where can people find you online, continue to learn more from you, get plugged into your community? Um, yeah. Do you mind sharing a little bit more about uh, where that would be? Of course. So I spend a lot of time on Instagram. So it's Elena S. Blair underscore photography. I'd love if you come and send me a direct message, say hi. Like I answer all my DMs. I'd love to see you in there. Um, and then I have a website, Elena S. Blair.com, which Ben was showing you. And it's going to be, it's, it's getting a overhaul first time speaking about investing in yourself first time that I've paid someone to do a website for I me. Love it. So it, this is a lifelong journey. People, we are always like having to take those leaps and it is, uh, it turns out when you give a professional a job, they're doing, they do it better than you. So, um, I'm super excited about that. So tomorrow I'll have a brand new website, elenaesplayer.com. You can find, we have tons of free resources. I love to give as much away as I can for free for those that are in that place that I was talking about uh, me, the me of, 14 years ago that wanted to take myself seriously. So fantastic. Elena, thank you so much for being on. I love how it comes full circle of where we're still, you and I are still just like learning like, Oh yeah, we got to keep investing in ourselves as much as we're going to champion this for other people. It's like, we're going to continue to do this for ourselves. Elena, thank you for your passionate people. Yes, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Not just thank you for your time. Thank you for your talent. I appreciate you so much. Thank you so much, Ben. I appreciate you as well. Podcast listeners, thank you for tuning in to today's episode of the Six Figure Photography Podcast. If you could, just uh, if you're still with me today, if you're watching live, if you're listening to this, could you just do me a favor and say, I am a photographer? Yes. Thank you so much for being here with me today. I can't wait to see you in the next episode of the podcast. Until then, keep showing up.